listening to Music Mythology. My name is Sam Romo, and let's talk about some music. Joe, thank you again for making time to sit down with me. Oh, no worries, man. Thanks for having me. I yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah, dude, no, I appreciate it. Because, right? <laughs> <laughs> man, like I said, man, like your 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 solo album, Look Within, like uh, I've played that and Side Eye like interchangeably, but I, like it's just like it's just so there's, there's it's so good. Like the um, my, my my favorite track for sure is is Fleeting Faith. Cool. I just <laughs> love the 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 horn dynamics and you're man you're just you're so rapid and so i don't know it's just it's just a killer like like intensity but it's like it's still got this like subtle like you know um um like collective nature like it's it's all intense and vibrant but it's it's still smooth it's mm. so smooth wow. and uh just yeah i just love it man oh man blessings man i appreciate that yeah absolutely, absolutely. i mean I, I don't know about you but I, I have like a billion playlists but then i have you know like my my main one the, my, like, yeah, you know, the, the rotation you know whatever. You, yeah and yeah. yeah that that sucker is like oh right there. man it's always in there thank it's, you it's my um I might not drink it right when I drink. I might not listen to it right when I drink caffeine because I, I might be a little like, eh. but like when I'm in that, like I'm ready to like get some stuff done. Yep. I'm ready to like really plan things out. It's like, man, that's like one of my first ones. That's mm. like, it wakes me up, man. Nice, it's man. Great. That's, that's great to hear, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, so I guess I just wanted to start off uh, with the uh, real simple question is, uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and where you come from? Uh, absolutely. Um, well, I'm originally born and raised in New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. Uh, my father is a musician. He uh, and a, and a pastor as well. Yeah, he plays organ and he played a little bass. And I have a slew of uh, other family members that also are involved in music. My grandmother sung, and my grandfather he also played uh, piano and mm -hmm. uh, violin. And I have uh, aunts that sing, and I have uncles that play, and a ton of cousins that also sing and play as well, and uh, some that rap as well. Nice. So I grew up, you know, amongst a, a, a vibrant family, <laughs> uh, and we also played in church a lot. And and yeah. then also being from New Orleans, there's a ton of families within the neighborhood that also have musical backgrounds. You sometimes could hear people rehearsing in their houses um, with the brass bands yeah. in New Orleans. Um, or sometimes you can see uh, second lines going down the street. Mm. Um, specifically for me at, at my church, um, we're located, the first church that we were um, attending is located in a really dense cultural area. Mm. where you see a lot of second lines, Super Sundays, and then also like the cultural uh, participants uh, from the Afro-New Orleans culture, more affectionately known as uh, the Mardi Gras Indians, mm. um, people who, you know, basically put these suits together all year. And then they have this rhythm section around them that are playing on makeshift in instruments from you know mm. bottles caps and cowbells and yeah. uh, sometimes uh, it evolved in uh, uh with bass drums and then it's always also using tambourines hmm. so there's all type of instruments that was happening and then also the churches there's plenty there were plenty of churches on um every corner so you could walk and 
hear the other sounds coming from, you know, this service and how yeah. that person uh, worships different from the next person. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just music all the way around. Um, That's in, beautiful. In New Orleans, for sure. Um, then, I, I mean, from there, I went to uh, a creative arts elementary school, uh, the McDonald 15, where I studied uh, mu with music. I studied with my first band director, Jerry McGowan, mm. who basically gave us fundamentals. And that school is actually um, really important in New Orleans because there's so many great artists who are on the scene today that come out of that program. Mm. Uh, one of the top ones for me being um, Nicholas Payton. Mm. Um, his father was one of the musical directors there. Oh, wow. And um, after him, Jerry McGowan took over. And we have uh, Trombone Shorty, who comes out of that program. There's another saxophonist in New Orleans by the name of Chris Royal. Mm. Um, he has his own project, and he also played with, the, I think, this band called uh, Revolution. Mm. And there's another guy by the name of Edward Jackson. Um, he has a uh, record out called uh, Show Him I Love It right mm -hmm. now. I mean, there's so many artists that come out of that program. Then from there, I, I went to the, uh, this program called Louis Ashmore Armstrong Jazz Camp, where I was able to first meet my mentor, uh, Donald Harrison, mm. um, who I, who's a longtime mentor and teacher and band leader. I've been around him for many years. Um, I've also met um, another mentor of mine, Elvin Baptiste, who's no longer mm. with us now, but he was an incredible educator, jazz educator, and um, great musician. He played with um, Cannonball Adderley, he played mm. with uh, Ray Charles, and he has his own solo projects that he put out. I was um, Later on, I was able to be in his band in high school when I got to Noka. He had a pro uh, project called The Jastronauts. Oh, nice. So I was, um, you know, always surrounded by, by, by music in the city. And from there, I got a scholarship going to Berklee College of Music, where I uh, studied there. And at the same time, I was also touring with Donald mm. uh, back and forth on the road. How was that? Um, the first semester was interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, um, funny story. I, I was just actually with my friend, uh, Max Moran. He's a bassist. We have a band together called the Bridge Trio. Nice. Um, we were in Donald's band for a long time, for a long tenure. Mm. And when we first uh, got to college, we were roommates. So our parents helped us get in. We literally bought everything we needed for the room. We moved in and it was orientation week and we had to literally miss <laughs> the orientation the whole, <laughs> the whole week because we had our first gig. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We had to miss that week because we had our first gig in Europe. We played oh, wow. at uh, Marion's Jazz Club in Switzerland, in Bern, Switzerland with Donald. Nice. And it's quite an experience. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when we came back to school, we were basically really just hopping in. Mm and trying to figure out what was going on. Was that kind of typical, like for other students in that? I wouldn't say it was typical because most students during their freshman year, you're basically just getting your grounding within, mm -hmm. within the school and you're meeting other students, you're meeting the professors, and then also they bring in other artists, visiting artists, to do performances and do master classes. So I would say most of the time, really by the third or fourth semester, students are then 
uh, given opportunities to start working or, you yeah. know, going on the road or going on the road and touring and all those type of things. But for us, we were we had already been touring uh, within the states uh, with Donald and um, performing with other projects in the city in New Orleans as work working as a rhythm section. So, literally by the time we got got to college, we were already working. It was just yeah. you know we're going to school because we had the scholarship to go to school. Yeah, and of course your parents tell you you know <laughs> don't waste it exactly <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, no, it was it was an interesting times, you know, learning how to balance those things. It got to a point where we had to talk to to Donald and say, hey, uh, we might need to slow down a bit because, <laughs> I mean, we were we were really on the road a lot. We were mm. always in Europe back and forth and we were on the West Coast touring. Then he made it to be where we would only do weekend runs mm. as opposed to missing uh, school days which was really helpful. You know, yeah. he's a really great band leader. I learned a, a lot of lessons from him. Um, but yeah, no, I was able to get through the program. I finished there in spring of 11 and moved back to New Orleans for about a year and still toured. Um, was touring with Donald. I also started touring uh, with Dr. Lonnie Smith actually early on. My first gig with Dr. Lonnie was my freshman year, second semester. And I started doing work with him throughout school. And then I really worked with him heavily after I graduated. Mm. Then from there, I moved to New York. I stayed there for, I mean, I'm still in, in New York now. I moved there September of 2012. Okay. Yeah, I met my family there and, you know, my, my fiance, we had our daughter. I got nice. to work with, you know, many other people in, in, in the city and, well, that's you a know, condensed spot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a lot of artists. Absolutely. That's that's my life in a nutshell. <laughs> I know that's a long answer, but it's cool. That's excellent. Well, is there, um, you know, what was kind of, I know you, you speak about church and the, um, like the vibrancy of the music community that you, you were surrounded in, but, you know, was there anything that really kind of cut through? I mean, what, what made you, you know, focus on drumming? Well, the... I knew that I would be a drummer early on. Um, my uncle, I had two uncles that played drums and I just gravitated toward it. I, mm -hmm. I, my mother, she claims even b before I was um, born, you know, she would always feel me like moving around to she rhythm. Could, she could feel your left foot keeping time. Yeah, right. <laughs> if there was music, she, she felt me like turning and mm. all that type of stuff. Um, and, I mean, and they do say that yeah. they're supposed to respond to that. Yeah. I yeah. wonder if music, musicians <laughs> musicians have a way stronger response. Uh, possibly. And I mean, she she has accounts of me as a child. I, I mean, I remember this too. I would take the hangers off the, the bottoms of the hanger and make makeshift sticks out of them. Oh, the little cardboard things? Yes, exactly. Nice. Yeah. And I would beat on pots and pans, you know, the, oh, the, yeah. the whole nine, the books, the pillows. Beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and my mother, when she saw, the, uh, saw this, would tell my father... My father started bringing me to different church services with him mm. and sitting me next to him on the organ and basically letting me absorb the, the sounds. Like I would sometimes he'll let me press a key 
mm. um, to follow along with the music. Yeah, you know that's an intense instrument. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the organ, absolutely. Especially the full body yeah. one that scales like the you uh, know, whole facade of a church or whatever. When, when the pipe organs, no, that right. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, for me, it was more the the Hammond, the Hammond, Hammond oh, yeah, B three, sure, sure, yeah. But um, still yeah, though, those are daunting. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of buttons, a lot of knobs. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I would I would play the organ there, and I would mem- I remember bringing my my makeshift sticks or my instruments, and I would sit next to him on the organ bench or sit uh, behind him on the uh, on the pew. Sometimes yeah. next to other musicians. There's another musician by the name of Elvin Ford, mm. who's a great drummer out of New Orleans. His father and my father played at church together, and we would sit next to each other. We didn't run back into each other until our freshman year of high school. And mm. after realizing uh, we was auditioning for the same marching program, oh, there, the March 100. And we had a moment where we looked at each other. And I was just like, you look familiar. <laughs> I was like, don't you, your dad plays drum? He was like, yeah, your dad play organ. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely. That was like the, the first beginnings. I mean, like just, they saw that I was into the music and my, my uncles, they made uh, provisions. They said, uh, you know, here's a pair of sticks. Let's mm. see what he does with it. Or during the services, I'd sit, start sitting behind them as they played. And yeah. that progressed into um, letting me play after church, you mm-hmm. know, to just oh, touch yeah. the instrument and then playing a song at the end of the service. Yeah. And then, you know, just slowly progressing yeah. to, to do more. And my, my father, seeing that I really was taking an interest to it, they bought a small drum kit for me, a little cocktail kit for kids at the house. And uh, they took it away after a few months because they realized I really loved it. Super loud. (laughs) I'd roll out of bed first thing in the morning around 7 a.m. as soon as the the sun cracks the the curtain and start playing. And at that time, the Tonight Show, famous Tonight Show was Arsenio Hall. Mm. And I later learned that the drummer for that was Terry Lynn Carrington. But I would always, you know, be gravitated towards what she was doing. I'd run off the, the bed and get on the drums as soon as she was playing and try to try and play to yeah, it. Yeah, try and play to it, imitate yeah. it. And she later became my teacher at Berkeley College of oh, Music. Oh, wow. Yeah. And still to this day, you know, great, uh, great inspiration, great friend, great mentor. Wow. But, um, but yeah, no, th- those were the, the early beginnings for me getting into the music. Wow. Well, that's beautiful. I mean, it, the church community is a great, you know, start. You know, for oh, that, absolutely. For embracing those types of people that, that want to do that type of service, you know, for music. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, we were speaking about Medrick earlier, a um, buddy of mine. And uh, yeah, he, he tells that a similar story, you know, like he, they knew, they saw that he was like really watching the drummer and like, well, come to, you know, sit behind. And, and then over time, you just got more obsessed because, you know, it's just so dynamic. It's such a, absolutely. It's just so visually interesting and dissatisfying, you know, like, I mean, like you are, the time you know that's right and like when you hit the ones when you you know when you are in that pocket and you're feeling it yeah it's great (laughs) yes yeah you made uh, a mention of a word earlier and it's really resonating with me it's electric Mm. yeah when you it's the one instrument that i know that when you sit behind it and you become in one with the instrument you you're in a flow and Mm -hmm. and obviously you're feeling it and you know that's that's going through the instrument that also translates to you know other people that's listening and in in this context if we're in the church is translating to the congregation yeah which you know 
basically connects straight to the soul. It makes you move. Yeah. You Until you, you get a little too ecstatic. Yeah. And the yeah, of course. Like, yeah. Hey, that's, hey. That's, that's, that's enough now. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Some of my favorite, like, you know, Instagram stories or like TikToks when they're, you have like a drummer just going at it and you yeah. see him in the button, you know, outside the acrylic. Just being yeah. like, stop it. <laughs> that's right. It's like, come on, man. Just give me a few seconds. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah. One of my favorite stories that Bedrick says in that same, uh, position is when he first started to get a chance to, to play is uh like yeah they, they he would do one of the last songs or something like that but the the guy would always do you know such an epic performance and those you know really like you know just like thunderous songs and just so exciting and then when they switch to the slow beats he would like get off stage and hand the six to magic and he'd be like there you go man just wiping sweat off and like oh man okay that's uh, the start you know that's the stage that's exactly you gotta start somewhere yeah yeah i remember those days <laughs> yep well um you know is there any uh musicians or you know anyone that has been kind of like a, a north star to you or you know that's been a, a constant influence or or even any, anyone new you know like that has you excited or you know anything like that Absolutely. Um, earlier, I mentioned one of my mentors, Donald Harrison. You know, he's definitely a, a great inspiration. He's really a renaissance man, just throwing through like mm. a true artist, really brilliant and full of information. And I'm always inspired by him for, for, for one. Um, there's also, of course, my father. You know, my father wears many hats in it's incredible to watch him do the things that he does mm. and still come to the instrument, you know, from time to time and still be able to express freely over yeah. the instrument. Like, yeah, I, I don't, I've never really seen him practice or anything like that. I mean, there's a few times where, when we at the time had a piano in the house, like he would sit at the instrument and play just to share something with me. But most times like he's just sitting at the instrument, you know, when it's time for him to sit at the instrument and mm. he's able to just play. And that's like, that's a lot of talent. I don't, I don't understand where it comes from like that. Mm. Just dialed it in and yeah, channel just, something. Of yeah. course. It's, it's amazing to watch. Well, that's a, that's a vibrant man. Uh, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I, all of my, all of the band leaders that I've been around for sure. Like all of those guys are really, inspirational for me like those, those are as um oh man i'm blanking on the artist's name right now there's a, a great uh benny carter uh who makes mention of this tune that he wrote called my horizon mm. and he's talking about um a, a, a great um, an artist a, a friend of his and saying that you know and also talking about the music, saying that, you know, this is like if you're looking at the horizon of a sunset, you know, it's always ahead of you. And mm. there's no way that you can really catch up to it, but it's it's always inspiring. You can always move towards it. Yeah. And those are basically all of the musicians that I've encountered, you know, especially the band leaders, for sure. Like those guys are truly my horizons, mm. you know, that I would. I don't know if I'll ever really reach where they are, but it's definitely inspiring. And I'm, I'm always pushing towards them. You know, not, like you said, the North star yeah. for sure. Well, I think that's, 
that that's what makes a real you know i don't want to sound all judgy here but mm-hmm. yeah that, that i think that's what makes a real musician um, or anyone that really respects a trade is you you kind of never feel like the job's done you know you always feel like like well i'm good but like so-and-so like i'm not there yet and then like sometimes you can ask their person they're referencing like well i'm not as good as him you know and it's just because you just honor it so much and there's just always so much to like do or express and there's so much possibilities and then you throw in collaborating with new people and it's just it's new worlds you know it's always something yeah absolutely yeah absolutely it's beautiful well speaking of uh band leaders um how did you come to work with pat Wow. Uh, I'm still pinching myself. <laughs> so I I randomly got an email first from Pat uh, reaching out, just saying, hey, you know, I have um, a date that I would like for you to make. I've been following your career for, mm. for a minute and I would like to play with you. And, you know, we live in a world of spam emails. <laughs> So this isn't Pat, man. This isn't, it is not. It's not not him. Exactly. (laughs) So I was just looking at it and I was just like, that's not real. (laughs) And I ran into the pianist in the band, James Francis. Mm. And he told me later on, he was just like, you know, Pat reached out to you and you didn't (laughs) respond. I was like, Pat didn't reach out to me. Oh, crap. And I was just like, yes, he did. And I was just like, oh my God. You mean that spam email? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> uh, Pat wow. reached out again. He um, he got my number and he called. And he was just like, hey man, you know, I'm really into your playing. I've mm. seen you play a few places and have been following your career for quite some time. I yeah. would like to play with you. So he invited me to his house in the city we had a, a small jam session, uh, just duo, mm. just playing through some songs and some standards and some of his material. Sure. And that basically was our relationship. He was just like, okay, man, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he would call me again and come over. We play some more. He fit the groove. <laughs> and the the next time I um, he called me, I was in New Orleans. I was performing the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. Mm. And the festival is usually on the weekend mm-hmm. from the first weekend is Thursday to Sunday. Then second weekend is Friday to Sunday. So I had this gap. I was playing both weekends and I had this gap on the weekdays. He called and said, hey, I would really like for you to come up and play with me and James. I want to see the dynamics yeah. and of, of how this could potentially work. I said, oh, that's great. You know, yeah. I'm playing a festival right now. He's just like, oh, no worries. I'll get. I'll work on a p- ticket, make sure that you're back for your, your work down there. I just want to see how it sounds. And if my family was up there. So he's just like, you could use it as a time to yeah, see them see for them. a second and go- get right back to work. So I was like, great. Come up, we play and we have a great time. We're playing some material of his that I'm not so familiar with, but I'm also learning it at the same time. So, mm-hmm. and it was fun. They, they made it real, real easy. And when the, the moment was over. Uh, he was just like, "Yeah, you, you know, exceeded everything that I was looking for. You know, I, I, I appreciate it." And I'm packing up, and I'm like, "Okay, great." And out the corner of my eye, I realized that they were not packing up. They just stepped back from the instruments. So I'm like, "Okay, I'll see you guys later." I walk out with my cymbals. They say, "Okay," and I'm walking downstairs. And I'm like, "This was an audition." 
<sighs> and I'm, and the reason why I say that is because I'm not really prone to doing auditions. I've never mm. really done auditions for for music for sure. unless you know it's in a marching band or something like mm. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like a personal like yeah, like personal. This is a personal invite to do an audition. Yeah. I just like, wow. And back when I did get the call back. Um, I didn't get the call to make the actual gig that time. Mm. He's just like, I really like your son. I want to work with you. Like, I will be in touch. Yeah. Then he sent out another email, sending a list of dates. It's like, you know, like two or three dates or something like that. Mm. And I was just like, of course, I'd love to make it. He's just like, yeah, I just want to try, try how it sounds on the gig. And then we move up, up a little forward and then the pandemic happens. Mm. And I'm just like, oh man, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. The management had been reaching out. Uh, they were, uh, the booking agent had been moving tours around, moving dates around for the tour and adding yeah. more stuff. And then finally the management reached out and said, hey, you know, instead of you making just these two or three dates, how would you like to join the band? It'd be easier for us that you make all of the, the yeah. tour as opposed to, you know, <laughs> moving things around constantly. And I was just like, of course I would like to join the band. <laughs> uh, let me think about that. Of course, <laughs> of course. And, and Pat reaches out. He's just like, I'm, you know, really happy that you can be in a band. And he instantly gets to work. Like he sends a bunch of music. And the first thing I said to myself was like, oh my God, how am I going to learn this music? <laughs> and some of the some of the charts, man, like they were at that time, like they were 18 pages long, mm. some 20 pages. And you know, I was like, Epic. this is yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the music is ever evolving. And we, you know, by the time we, you know, we had another moment where we actually sat down all together a little bit into the pandemic. This was like maybe 21 or something like that mm. in the summer. We all sat down, played through the music, and it was just like, okay, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> like, I, I I think I can do this. I think getting it, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it just solidified itself. It, you know, Pat is such an incredible composer. I mean, prolific artist. Yeah. He's always working on something. He's always, I mean, even those tunes that we did, like as soon as we finished playing with him, he was just like, okay, I'm going to work on these. And then... He condensed some of the the the, the charts to make them um, a little easier to read. Sure, but he also changed some things in the charts, so it's just like we also relearning stuff. But keep you on your toes. <laughs> yeah, no, but you know he's like always working on something, like just always refining something, and you know that it's really inspiring. I always tell him like this: this gig is a masterclass for me, <laughs> for you know, for definitely for composition and and just artistry in general, like mm. being on stage and knowing how to put the perfect set together. I mean, like it's, I, we play almost over a little over two hours every night mm. and it doesn't physically feel like that. Like mm. there's so much um, ebb and flow. I mean, there's like, you know, peaks and valleys. I mean, like all type of things that are happening on the stage that's different. And the audience is there with us every night. Like they're, they're on the seat of their, I mean, the edge of their seat, yeah. like tuning in and, and Pat really makes it all come together. It's 
Well, it's amazing to watch. Well, and Side Eye is a great adventure. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, um, you know, I listened to, I can't remember when it came out, um, whenever he did the interview with uh, Questlove on his podcast, uh, Questlove oh, wow. Supreme. And, mm-hmm. um, and he started, he, 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 he references Side Eye and then he, he, he talks about you as well. Oh, wow. And, um, and that's what, got my eye on you was wow. was when he made that comment because like like i've already mentioned i mean like i i I'm, i mean i play a lot of instruments but like i drum and like i've interviewed and i've met a lot of a lot more drummers over the last like two years um and i i have a ever evolving and deeper appreciation you know as it goes on and you get into the more nuanced things and um so I started to become one of those addicts, you know, on social media that's like looking for those drummers just doing those crazy fills, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just the algorithm will start spitting them out. That's you, right. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's what, this what you want. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, so yeah, I just, you know, start got, you know, super into that world. I'm still in it obviously, but, um, but yeah, when he references you and, and talks about how impressed he was, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was like, cool when i get out of the car i'm gonna look up joe i'm gonna check him out and then like yeah i think it was around that time you had released the album your album oh, that's right. look yeah. within wow. and uh yeah i listened to it in the end uh, i was like that is great <laughs> this, wow, is, this is so good man Thank and then uh you know I, I wasn't super familiar with james um you know and the you know and um i know he doesn't i don't think he lives here you know i mean he's from houston just to find out like just like God, there's another amazing uh, uh, <laughs> Houstonian, Houstonian pianist. Like, That's are you right. Me? Like, it's like Glasper's already killing it. Like, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's know. just nothing. James is just like a force of nature. It's just so good. Yeah. Uh, Houston, man. I mean, I know every city's got like, you know. Yeah, no, their, but, their Houston but Houston is definitely is on fire, man. I mean, like, they've yeah, been turning Glasper them. and like Chris Dave and like, it's just crazy. Jason Moran. Yeah. yeah. Eric Harlan, Jamire Williams. I mean, Kamasi, Washington. Yeah, man. Um, man. <laughs> it's nuts, man. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, but that, that, that's anyways. Um, so yeah, man, I, uh, I just really respect you, man. And, and, um, and your work and, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I feel very privileged to be able to experience y'all play. Um, I, I feel very appreciative to have this interaction and conversation. Um, but, uh, even if I didn't have either of those uh, moments, I would still be, in, you know, incredibly impressed and appreciative of, of your work and efforts. Oh, man. Blessings, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank man. you. No, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, uh, this is a quirky question I like to ask drummers. <laughs> what's a, uh, uh, what's either, well, I guess I, I, I do two of them. I either ask like, what's an accessory that you think is a needed accessory on your kit uh, you, you know maybe some people would sacrifice but do you think is just it's something you should throw in and uh we'll start with that question <laughs> okay uh <laughs> well for me i've always been around older drummers and they they always tell me like you should have uh, brushes in your arsenal. Mm. And I guess that's not necessarily, um, the accessory to the the actual drum kit, but sure. it's, an, it's an accessory that definitely helps, um, enhance one sound. Yeah. Um, also the brushes in general, like if you're practicing and all those type of things that I've learned 
also through other uh, other great drummers as um, uh, Jeff Hamilton. He talks about and uh, and I think it's information that he also got from Philly Joe Jones and, you know, from like just the, the lineage of artists. That once you're playing with brushes, it also brings your technical ability on the sticks uh, tenfold. Mm. Usually when you're playing with brushes, the the sound, the texture of it is so completely different from the sticks. It's a, just a different role in general. Yeah. And to be able to control that and and define the sound or really articulate uh, your ideas over the brushes, it just brings just brings everything mm. you know to pristine, like a pristine nature once you touch the sticks. Yeah. And then also again, like the texture that you get from brushes is completely different. It's a beautiful sound. Um, I like to always make mention to students who are. Um, who have worked with or, you know, who are asking questions on what to go for, especially like if we're talking about like the dynamic range of drums, mm -hmm. I use one of the most powerful, uh, uh, dynamic drummers. Uh, I mean, next to our Blakey, uh, mm. Elvin Jones. Mm. I mean, Elvin Jones is so powerful. Like if you hear, I never, I mean, I only got the chance to see him once, but even then, like I, he's, he's so powerful. You can hear that coming across the the recording. Mm. All of the records he did with Train and um, the the stuff that he did with his own band, the uh, I think it was called the Jazz Machine. Mm. Just powerful. But there's records of him actually playing brushes and mm. so subtle. You know, it's very lush and it's the same intensity. It yeah. doesn't have to be the same volume. It's the, literally the same intensity, but it's really you know just really beautiful really yeah. elegant and it's just like if a drummer like that could have that ability to go from those two extremes then that's something that i think we should all take you know into yeah. our arsenal for sure yeah aim for that versatility yeah yeah absolutely because then you can be anything <laughs> yes absolutely everything else is in between <laughs> yeah absolutely um well i guess the only really like question that i have in mind um that i wanted to uh ask is uh you know desert island <laughs> uh what, what's it what's an uh an album or or you know a couple it might be hard um that you just can't live without Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i like and hate this question too i, I just want you to know i hear you i hear you because <laughs> <laughs> it's such a challenge <laughs> wow wow that's a hard one. That's a really hard one. No offense to anybody. In I, know, I know. Cause I know. Because I also have like a small affinity for um, like lyrics and, mm. and uh, vocalist. Oh, sure. Like I'm a, I'm a closet singer in my shower mm. when no one's around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but also, I mean, man, that's really hard. That's really hard. <laughs> or what, what's like, I don't know. Do you have something like now that you just like keep catching yourself going back to you? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have a few records. It's like, I, I could definitely play those all the time. Um, I used to not used to I, I, 
when I was younger, I used to listen to Glasper's record. What was that? Um, I think it was Mood. That was like his very first mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. with Damien Reed and Vicente Archer. Mm. And I would listen to that thing top to bottom at least five times a day. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it just flows. Yeah. I mean, it has, every, you know, it literally had everything. And yeah, I mean, it was just such a, so, so new for me mm. at that time. And that um, guy's a force, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and and also, I love, I mean, I love Damien. Like, mm. man, like talk about brushwork mm. and just texture. Just amazing. Um. What's another one? I, I know you said only one, but I got to sneak. I got to sneak, oh, no, yeah, I, I can, sneak can, some other stuff yeah, in there. Go for it. <laughs> uh, I love. I always love listening to Bilal. Like he's like one of my favorite singers mm. and artists in general. One of our, um, of course, like Firstborn Second, but um, I really love. What is that? Um, I think the album is called. Uh, Oh man, I'm blanking on the name of the album. I see the album cover and everything. It's not Love for Sale. It's uh My Lady's Gonna Kill Me Too. <laughs> it's basically like the record that we would always vibe to. Mm. Um like it has like uh uh West Side Girl on there and uh what is it? Um uh, longing and waiting and and yeah, I mean just all type of stuff on that record. That one is a good one. Airtight revenge. I mean all the Bilal stuff. <laughs> I I think it's like more instead of records for me, it's more artists. Like what? Oh sure. I yeah. like because I I'll, I'll listen to a body of work. Sure. And there's certain artists that like that I will not live without. Yeah. Like I, I love Bilal. I I love um Glasper's work, of course. I love uh, Michelle and Diggy Ocello's work. Mm. Um, like with the spirit music sextet and um like comfort woman and all that stuff. And um yeah, I mean, man, she's she's amazing. She's like one of those artists that literally evolves every record and it's mm. something completely different. And yeah. you just fall in love with her artistry as opposed to this one particular album. Right. You know, I, for uh, me, it's like, uh, that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I love, uh, uh, respect Glasper so much is because he's turned into this great collaborator and, and producer of, you know, bringing so many people in to these projects. I mean, like, um, I mean, obviously like all the chapters of, of black radio, but like, um, like dinner party yeah. with Terrace. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Kamasi is just, it's, it's so good, man. Like, yeah. I'm just, I'm hooked, man. Like every, yeah. well, like, like that yeah, black radio three just came out like that's stellar. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, he, he's just, he's hot. Yeah. <laughs> that dude just, he like doesn't miss man. Christian. That's another one. That's like my big brother, Christian Scott, Atundi Ajwa. When he first put out that record, Christian Atundi Ajwa, it's basically a double disc album. Mm. Incredible. A body of work for sure. That between that one and yesterday, you said tomorrow, like those are on repeat. Nice. I mean, really all of his work, Anthem, Rewind That, like like he's like, he was my one of my earlier uh early blueprints mm. like a you know just artist that i was just like you know that's if i was to become an artist like 
I would love to um, emulate something as as great as as he is. Yeah. Um, and of course, Nicholas Payton. You know, mm. like his. I would always uh, listen to Sonic Trans, but there's another record of his called Into the Blue that's incredible. Mm. I mean, just all of the musicians on there are just phenomenal. Uh, Kevin Hayes on piano, Vicente Archer on bass, uh, Marcus Gilmore on drums. I mean, Marcus, man, he's out of this world. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to say out of this world. He's he's beyond our immediate world. He's always forging ahead. <laughs> Always on that horizon, eh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think you've given me some answers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gave you, I gave you too many. I gave you like probably like four too many. You only asked for one. Hey, but... man, this is Joe Dyson conscious. This is this is, <laughs> conscious. This is my desert island, man. I cannot. <laughs> I ain't even get on the gospel side. That's a... <laughs> but see, this is this yeah. is why you you love music. <laughs> it makes it so hard to specify. Yes, yeah. so deep. <laughs> yeah, no, man. <laughs> Well, man, uh, you know, is there anything else you want to uh, bring up, promote, um, you know, anything like that? Uh, absolutely. Well, you know, you can definitely check out my record, uh, Look Within. It's out on all of the platforms right now. It's on Apple Music, uh, Spotify, wherever wherever you like to listen to music is there. And you can also purchase it through my band camp. Uh, you just search my name, Joe Dyson. It should pop up. Um, and you can also visit my website, joedyson.com. That should take you to all of my social media pages. You can like, share, subscribe, or follow, however, however you like to do it. Um, and stay in touch. Always, you know, write write messages. I'm I'm I get back. Sometimes I'm a little slow because I have my daughter, but <laughs> I always love reading the messages and getting back for sure. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, and and also I, there's plenty of records to check out, like the the two, well, three records now that I've been listening to, I would encourage everybody to listen to right now. What you got? Um, is, uh, what is it? Jamari Williams. He just put out a, um, a record December 3rd last year. Mm. Um, it's incredible body of work. Um, it's, I think it's called Until You've Suffered. Mm. Um, huh, I need to check that out. Yeah. That one is a good one. Um also, my sister, she just put out her own EP right now, and it's called He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not. And her name is Joelle Dice, and her artist um, moniker is L-E, the initials L-E. Nice. And the next thing I was checking out recently is, uh, who is that? Cecile McLaurin, Savant. Um, this album called Ghost. This is some great stuff. Mm. Absolutely. Well, you've given me some, uh, some stuff to investigate for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Awesome, brother. Well, thank you again for uh, giving me the chance to have this chat and uh, uh, kick some ass tonight, man. I'm looking forward to it, man. I I just, I can't tell you how long I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Seeing y'all play and uh, yeah, and in this venue, it's a great, it's a great spot, the Majestic. So yeah, yeah man. Well, um, yeah, just one more time, man. Thank you for, for your individual work. Um, and uh, yeah I, I look forward to keeping in touch and uh, maybe we can do this again sometime absolutely <laughs> I would love to definitely awesome brother thank you brother appreciate you